It is the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. I'm Eric G from 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa. Still recovering from Pearl Jam in Oklahoma City. Um, we'll put sidebar. I have never waited that long to see an artist and have it pay off the way they did down at the Paycom Center the other night. It was just freaking amazing. Eddie Vedder sounds fabulous. I think he sounds better than even when he did when he broke back in 1992. Dude still has a lot of energy, was having a lot of fun. Mike McCready, just an absolute amazing guitarist. Jeff Ammon on bass and backing vocals. You had Mac Cameron. Look, if you want more of that uh, and my feelings on music and everything else in the world, please follow me on Twitter at Sports Radio APD. I would appreciate it. And I love conversations about music. Uh, the reason we're doing a second podcast this week, and I would have loved to have done it yesterday is for the simple fact of the matter, Bedlam's dead. Now, this is something that we had told you weeks ago on this podcast. Mike Gundy has been preparing you for this moment ever since Big 12 Media Days, and the death blow was finally delivered when both Chad Weiberg and Joe Castiglione said, yeah, when OU bolts for the SEC, which at this point is going to be 2025, yeah, we're not interested in, in playing this game anymore. Or at least that's what they, what they should have said. They couched it in athletic director ease or political ease, however you want to call it, or whatever you want to call it. But that's essentially what it comes down to. Neither OU nor Oklahoma State wants to play this game. And if Mike Gundy was going to be 100% truthful in his rant the other day, that's exactly what he would have said. And in case you haven't heard Mike Gundy's rant on Bedlam, um, we're going to play that for you right now. It's a little bit longer than what we like with audio, and I know our fearless leader, Pete Mundo, <laughs> doesn't like it to be this long, but I think it's very important uh, that you listen to all two minutes and 12 seconds or whatever it is to get the gist of what Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State stance is on why Bedlam isn't going to be played anymore. OU's officials were in negotiations with the SEC for months and months before anybody in this league or the conference knew about it. No objections? Okay. During those multi-billion dollar conversations, I wonder if Bedlam was ever brought up at that point instead of the money. Okay? Bedlam is history. We all know that. We know that. Because OU chose to follow Texas and the money to the SEC. It's okay. Is that a fact? So now, we're having what I think are childish discussions, in my opinion, okay, over something that's done. And I would like to like make this the last statement I have because I have no hard feelings, but what's going on now is, is almost a situation with a husband and a wife or a girlfriend and a boyfriend. When you know you're dead wrong and you try to turn the table and make them think they're wrong, when Oklahoma State has no part in this, we didn't have anything to do with their negotiations with the SEC. We didn't have any choice on choosing to leave the conference. They did. So everybody needs to get over it and move on and quit trying to turn the tables. It's somewhat comical that they still want to bring us into this equation. 
I want somebody here to give me one example of what Oklahoma State had to do with this. I'm listening, really, and this is like, I'm not the head coach, I'm just a guy on the street. I, I just want somebody to tell me what one thing that myself, Chad Weiberg, or Dr. Shrum, or our regents had to do with any of this going on. So let's not turn the tables, let's just say, hey look, we chose to follow Texas and take the money, and we're going to the SEC. It's all good. Well, let's quit talking about it, and let's talk about football. That's the way I feel about it. No hard feelings. And I like Josie, but it is what it is, right? Okay, he's right. OU did negotiate without Oklahoma State. They had no intention of taking Oklahoma State to the SEC with them. And, and the SEC, here's the thing you have to remember, okay? And this is, part of me hates talking about this because there's no way you can talk about this topic without offending anyone. But that's the way it goes. I don't mean to offend anyone, but I just want to tell the truth or at least give you an honest opinion. And the truth of the matter is, in this particular instance, if the SEC had wanted Oklahoma State, they would have told OU, hey, yeah, we want Oklahoma State to come along with you. We value Bedlam the way you value Bedlam. We feel that Oklahoma State adds value to this conference, not just from a monetary standpoint or a monetary standpoint, but also from a profile standpoint. So yes, by all means, bring the Cowboys with you. But the SEC didn't say that. The SEC said, we want you, Oklahoma, and we want Texas, and y'all need to come east. And you can't blame Oklahoma. I know if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you really want to blame Oklahoma, but you know darn good and well, if you had the opportunity to make this move, you would have made it yourself. You know if you had the opportunity to stab OU in the back, you would have done it. And look, all's fair in love, war, business, and apparently conference expansion. And that's what OU did. You can't blame them for moving to the, for moving from the Big 12, which is a shell of itself, to the most powerful, lucrative, dominant conference in college football in the Southeastern Conference. They had to do it. And... When they did that, that meant some things were going to get sacrificed, tradition, if you will. Um, Bedlam, Bedlam being one of those that got sacrificed. Um, And I don't want to get redundant, but the truth of the matter is, I'm with OU and Oklahoma State on this. I don't need to see this game played out anymore. It's 90-19-7. What I need to see is Oklahoma on the field with Louisiana State. I need to see them on the field with Ole Miss and Georgia, and um, I know that they're probably going to have to run a little dirtier than what they want to run in the Southeastern Conference if they're going to compete at that level. Again, being honest and true, look, you can have a pristine program, Oklahoma, all you want. You can talk about how great it is that you're – complying with the NCAA rules and you're not using the NIL to recruit or whatever. But if all that gets you is a 6 and 6 record or an 8 and 4 record, then who cares? You know, this is all about winning and 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 you should do whatever it takes to win. Period. End of story in college football. And it's sort of what actually that's not sort of what, that's exactly what my co-host Pat Jones was saying today. Remember, This guy, former coach at Oklahoma State. But he said when he was there at OSU, 
I mean, he said this on the air today. This is nothing secret. He wasn't telling me this, so I'm not telling you something that he already, you know, didn't already say. But he said when he was at Oklahoma State, he knew darn good and well and was pretty much told by people there when him and Jimmy Johnson were on the staff that just beat who you can beat. We want you to beat who you can beat because if you if you try and go after OU, you're going to have to cheat to do it, and you're going to get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. And from an Oklahoma State standpoint, this is your opportunity. This is a great opportunity for you to say, screw OU. Screw them. We don't need them. We can go on to the Big 12. We can win a lot of conference championships. We can set ourselves up for success. And we can make a run in the playoffs. And you know what? You meet Oklahoma in the playoffs. It's just going to be that much more sweet when we kick their ass there. That's the attitude that Oklahoma State needs to be having now. It, Oklahoma State needs to put their nose in the air. Because I will tell you, as an OU grad, we're really good at putting our nose in the air. I see you nodding your head on that one, okay? <laughs> I do and OU fans, I know what you're saying. No, we're not. No, we're total snobs. Come on, admit it. We are. We we are snobs. We're we're arrogant. That's just the way things are. We are. No, we are no better or no worse th- than Alabama. The, as far as I know, we're not killing anyone's trees. But that's again who we are. All right. And it's fine. I mean, if that's the way you roll, then roll that way. Be who you are. Wrap yourself in it. But ultimately, what this came down to is that Joe Castiglione knows darn good and well that when he sets up a non-con schedule for Oklahoma to play here in the next few years, he wants that thing to be as easy as possible because at least at this point, and as I've always said, we're an honest podcast, OU is not ready to compete with Alabama year in, year out. They're not there yet. Okay, not what they were in the early 2000s, not what they were in the 70s or the mid to late part of the 80s. They're not there yet. Now, when they are there, then yes, the Oklahoma attitude has to be, look, not only do we want to play some teams we know we can beat in the non-con, but you need to throw us an iconic school in there. You know, in between the Southern Methodist and New Mexico, We need to take on a Penn State. We need to take on a USC and go beat Lincoln Riley. We need to take on Clemson or Miami or whoever, provided Miami gets back up. But until such time, until such time, and you know that there's probably going to be nine Southeastern Conference games, what Oklahoma has to do is have a schedule where you're playing, say you start the year with a Wyoming. All right, you move back up into the Power Five, Maybe you play in Oregon and Arizona, catch Arizona State while they're down, play them, and then go back to the non-Power 5. Maybe you go to the you know the AAC, and maybe you take on a Tulsa, uh, which is you know always good for, for in-state, or maybe you take on a South Florida. You do that for recruiting purposes. Because if you're stuck, and we don't know how the schedule's going to look out. I mean, if you're looking at these... I call them three-team pods. I don't know that they're necessarily pods, but if I mean if OU every year knows that they're going to play Arkansas and Texas and, and Missouri, but you get that year where you get LSU and Alabama and Auburn mixed in there as, as part of your nine other you know nine other games that you're playing, um, and all this or nine or 
other SEC games because it's what three and six, it's nine conference games. You get them sandwiched in there. Yeah, you don't want to be playing. You don't want to be playing Ohio State, Alabama, LSU all in the same year, and Auburn all in the same year. That's too much, really, for anyone to handle. Okay, and especially where OU is right now. Um, and I know some some fans want to stick out their chest big and bad, but I don't think the coaches and and Joe Castiglione is it. If you're Oklahoma State, all right, now you're in a conference. It's a hell of a lot more manageable. OU and Texas leaving has opened up the door because at this point, you know, Cincinnati's committed to football. I'd say UCF is committed to football. Houston's got Tillman, Fertitta. Tech is updating their facilities. But I think overall committed to football with Chad Weiberg and Casey Shrum. I don't know that anybody's really more committed to football in the new Big 12 than Oklahoma State is. And if you stay more committed and you're able to get the same level of talent that you're getting now and you're able to develop that talent the way that you are now, you're going to win a lot of conference championships. Are you going to reel off six in a row? It's probably not realistic to think that. I mean, at some point, you have to think that a Kansas State or a Baylor or somebody it's going to jump up and, and knock you off, but you ought to, I mean, going back to back or three in a row, you know, three out of four, um, let me see what, you know, uh, five out of seven, you know, five out of eight, something like that. That is not unrealistic. And if you do that, you should get into the playoffs and you should have yourself set up to make what could be one heck of a run. As as much as I, you know, and what's interesting is when we were were talking to people about this today, I was surprised at how many people were all right with Bedlam ending. I thought there would be more people who are like, no, we need it, the tradition, this, that, and the other. No, no. Most people want Bedlam to die. And it, to me, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that this game is no longer going to happen, okay? And when it does happen and you meet in the playoffs or maybe you meet you know, down the road in a few years, then it will become that much more special, okay? But for right now, I think the best thing that for any of us, for, for any of us involved in this, is like Mike Gunny said, let's move on. Let's talk about football. Let's do football. But it's been, there's been a lot of anxiety ever since OU announced that they were going to make this move. But at some point, you had to know that that was coming because when Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Tech and Texas, all these teams were thinking about going out west to the Pac-12, and it didn't happen, remember, David Boren went back and commissioned the OU Board of Ethics, or Board of Ethics, the, and I don't even know, commission's not even the right word, but David Bourne went, went out and told the OU Board of Regents to explore the idea of moving to the Pac-12, okay? And it backfired. I know you looked really bad because the Pac-12 wasn't going to expand anymore. But right there, it told you that as soon as OU had an opportunity to leave the Big 12, they were going to. And all Joe C., had to do was wait for David Boren to no longer be involved and wait for that door to open, and he knew he could go charging through it. And that's exactly what happened. And for Oklahoma and everybody else involved, this is exactly what you want right now is the opportunity to go compete in the SEC. For Oklahoma State, what you want right now 
is the opportunity to compete and go win Big 12 championships. And I could do the whole why can't we all get along thing, but let's face it, <laughs> you know, um, whether you consider it an rivalry or as Pat Jones said today, OU doesn't consider OSU a rivalry, they consider them an opponent. I, those are his words, not mine. I'm just repeating them. But I, I know, I know the bad reviews. I know the bad reviews coming on this. Um, and I'm a big boy. I can, you know, I, I can live with that. Um, I, I, we're always going to take digs at each other. Okay, you know, there, there, there is no live and let live. We're always going to just take take the shots that we can take because that's what you do with your friends. You talk trash. And by the way, okay, and I'm going to finish up with this. Shame on North Carolina. Shame on Mac Brown. When your quarterback makes a joke about your in-state rival that everyone going to North Carolina State is there because they can't get into USC, you have his back. You... You laugh right there with him. So it gives NC State bulletin board material. So their student section gets hot. You know what? That's called sports. And I heard Jim Rome. Look, I'm not the world's biggest Jim Rome fan. But I finally heard a podcast with him where he talked about how he developed his style. And what it was, it was him and his friends at a bar. And they'd just be talking what he now calls smack. He didn't, he didn't use that word. We talked blank to each other. And I just took that and put it on the air. He's like, so that's why the New York Knicks were the New York Bricks. I'm like, oh, well, that you know makes a lot of sense. And you know, it's why you do what you do. Guess what? That's all this is. It's talking smack. And it's all right that, that you as fans talk smack to each other. And it's all right if the game is not played, if you guys want to take digs at each other, as long as you don't make it personal. You know, as long as it's not personal, then, then everything is good. But... Um, in a sense, look, we've been telling you this, you know, for weeks now. We told you this before. Mike Gundy tried to prepare everyone for this, and it finally happened. Okay, the hammer finally dropped. Through no fault. It, look, if you want to blame Oklahoma for this, blame them. But ask yourself if you were in the same, if you were in their shoes, would you do the same thing? Because the bottom line is when it comes to this kind of stuff. As an athletic director, president, whatever, you've got to look out for your school. It's not your job to help another school along. It would be nice. That is just not the way that the game's played. And yeah, sometimes business really sucks. But in the end, okay, hear me now, believe me later, this will actually turn out to be better for both schools. You may be a little sore now, but in the end, trust me on this, it'll be so much better for both OU and OSU. So with that, I bid you farewell. Thank you for listening this week. May God bless you and your family, okay? As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote Diamond David Lee Roth, stay frosty.